Welcome to Your Life, Your Purpose, a show dedicated to helping you live with greater power and purpose in your life by taking action. action. Now, your host, a man who needs no introduction, Brandon Allen. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's installment of Your Life, Your Purpose. This is Brandon Allen, as always, your host of this weekly business podcast. And today I want to tackle a subject that is near and dear to my heart, and that subject is rugged individualism. And in case you were wondering what rugged individual rugged individualism is, it's basically that that belief in yourself that is so strong and 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 the the you the desire for freedom for you is so strong that you're very self-reliant and you want to do things on your own. You know, you prescribe to the theory of, you know, that maybe your grandfather or your father told you that hey, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. And that becomes a problem though for business owners in the fact that Sometimes we try to do too much. We try to wear too many hats. And a lot of this is because, look, if you're a business owner, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you're most likely a very intelligent person. You're someone who's driven, you see the big picture, and you are very clear about how you want to create value in the world. And those things are to be celebrated as a business owner. That's awesome. And that's what I love about working with business owners. The problem is is that we're so smart sometimes that you think that you don't need help or that you can do it better than anyone else. And, you know, this this brings to mind a quote. Uh, if you're familiar with Chris Rock, the comedian at all, we talked to, in his comedy special one time, he, he had made the quote of, you know, you can drive a car with your feet, but that doesn't necessarily make it a good idea. And I equate that quote a lot of times with things that we do in business. As a business owner, you can do the accounting in your business and you can do the books, but that doesn't necessarily make it a good idea. In fact, you're smart enough that you could probably do a fairly proficient job at it if you work at it. You can be an expert in marketing. You can be an expert in running the operation or whatever it is. You can... You can you can figure that out. I have no doubt. There's, there's the education available. There's the resources available for you to figure out how you can run your business most effectively. But when we're talking about sole purpose, and this podcast is called Your Life, Your Purpose, and it's hosted on the website buildyoursoulpurpose.com, the main theme here is sole purpose. And when you're a rugged individualist, you're not only neglecting your sole purpose, but you're not maximizing it either. So let's talk about how you neglect your sole purpose by being a rugged individualist. The, the, the main thing is, is that when you say yes to things that aren't in alignment with your sole purpose, you're saying no to your sole purpose. When you say yes to accounting, you're saying no to the other things in your business that give you the max amount of value in your business. And the one thing that's precious, the one thing that you can't get more of, so you can get more money, you can get more people, you can get more resources, but the one thing that's really a finite resource, there's only one, and that is time. 
you only have so much time every day to execute. And if you waste it doing something that isn't within your sole purpose and it doesn't maximize what you do best, that's time that you can never get back. And it's wasted time. And that's when we, when we, that's how we neglect our sole purpose with rugged individualism. We choose to do things that we can do okay, but with, that we're not great at. And therefore, we sacrifice the time that we could have spent, and that's precious time, living in our sole purpose and working in our sole purpose, and thus creating the maximum amount of value for us in our organization. But the other, the other piece to this, rugged individualism kind of stunts our growth with sole purpose because when, when we're talking about sole purpose... The main thing is, is that anyone who's great that maximizes their sole purpose has a sole purpose team around them that helps them maximize that sole purpose. So you've got a big idea as a business owner. You've got a big vision. You want to carry that vision to, to the world and you want to create the ma- max amount of value. You can only create so much value by yourself. And you need to have a team, whether that be an outsourced team whether that be an internal team, whatever that looks like for you, you have to have a team around that sole purpose to maximize it. It allows you to create value quicker in a much bigger way. It allows you to affect more people. And that's what having a sole purpose team is all about. That's what you miss out on when you choose to be a rugged individualist. And I know that we don't necessarily want to be a rugged individualist by choice necessarily, but there are a lot of things that trip us up with regards to being a rugged individualist. And the first thing is control. And I talked about control last week in the podcast and, you know, hey, control what you can control and don't worry about the rest. But the problem is, is that we want, we have, we want to have too much control over the things that we, we, that we think that we can control. And there's, we, we shouldn't try to control every aspect of our business if we can relinquish some of that control to someone who's more capable. So think about this. When you're, when you're not delegating certain tasks, if you're not delegating your schedule, if you're not delegating certain email tasks, you know, a lot of business owners get mired in email and they never get a gatekeeper for their email to screen their email. And this is a huge thing. Why worry about email that you don't need to worry about? And when you can have someone else who enjoys doing that, screen emails for you and only filter the emails for you that are most critical and important to you. Why not do that? Why not create a system for that? But we, we have a hard time relinquishing that control. It's the same thing with bookkeeping. You know, we hold so tight to uh, bookkeeping, whether it is, you know, whether it's the, the horror story that we hear about the bookkeeper who's embezzling from us or uh, the, the bookkeeper who screws it all up or whatever that is, you know, we have one bad experience and we're like, oh, can't give up the books. Got to keep control of the books. And delegating is not the same as abdicating responsibility. We're still responsible for what goes on in our business when we delegate and we use a team. We just need we don't need to have our hands in every piece of it along the way. And that's the thing to remember with regards to control. So the next part of it is money. And I've consulted with a lot of different clients in this category where I'm like, "Hey, why don't you get help in this specific area?" And the and the the response is always, "Well, you know, that's going to cost me $3,000 to do that." And I think, well, listen, if you're not, if you're spending this $3,000, which to me is a, is an investment, when you, when you spend money on a team and infrastructure to help you, that's an investment. 
That's not a. That's not necessarily a hard cost. It's not a sunk cost. It's not wasted. That's an investment for you to leverage your sole purpose and your talents and your gifts and what you do best within your business to the highest level. So if I spend three thousand dollars to have someone do my books for the year, then what is that going to allow me to do that I'm not currently doing? And What's the potential for revenue that I would generate by being able to do some of these things? And a lot of times we have a hard time with the trade-off. Look, if I spend 3,000, would I make 20? And if you could spend $3,000 every single time on something and you would get $20,000 in return or $10,000 in return, would you do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Heck, even if you spent 3,000 and you got 3000 back but you're not doing the activities that you don't like to do and you're engaged in the activities that you love and that you do best it's probably worth it right so think about that from a money standpoint are you are you making the money conversation in a way that's reasonable and rational and i taught i i wrote a recent post about owning your financials and a lot of times we don't make the financial decision in this respect, we just assume we can't afford it because we don't have the empirical evidence to suggest that we either can or can't afford it. So we just err on the side of caution and we say, well, we can't afford it. But if you're not looking at your books and you don't have a budget for certain things, then you have no idea if you can afford it or not. So go back to your books and look at that and ask yourself, if I'm not outsourcing certain aspects of my business that are draining my time and energy, is it really because I can't afford it or is it really because I just don't know? And how can I get more certainty around that? And the way you can do that is by looking at your books, setting budgets, and really looking at, okay, can I really afford this? Can I afford this expenditure at this point in time? Now, there's the faulty reasoning that we talked about earlier at the beginning of the show where, you know, your grandfather, your father, everyone who's alive has heard, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, right? I can do it best. And... You know, this shows up, and I think this is kind of a twofold thing. It's kind of sometimes our own ego, but it's also sometimes a lack of patience and coaching with people that we delegate to. And I'll give you a great example of this. We worked with a client who outsourced their books to a firm. And the first couple of months, the firm didn't categorize things in a way they could understand. And they just felt like, you know what? And they made a couple of mistakes. They made a couple of mistakes in their books. And the business owner was like, this is crap. I outsource this to someone else, they screw it up, then I got to go back and help them fix it, and what's I'm wasting my time. But the thing that you have to consider with this, and if you're going to be a business owner, you've got to be part coach. You're either coaching your customers, you're coaching your team, you're coaching people all the time for performance. And it, whether regardless if you outsource or you insource your work, you're going to have to coach people because a relationship is about communications. It's about feeling each other out and figuring out what works and what doesn't. This is true whether it be a marriage, whether it be with your kids, whether it be in a new job, whether it be owning your own business, whatever it is, you, you volunteer at a new place, you have to feel each other out and really find out what works best. What are you best at? What are you not best at? How do we set some parameters so that everyone understands what's going on? And it's communication. But a lot of times as business owners, we get so frustrated when someone doesn't get it right the first time that we just throw our hands up and we're like, this sucks. This doesn't work. These guys are idiots. I knew they couldn't do it. I knew I shouldn't have 
relinquish my books. You're just looking for a reason to take that responsibility back. But you have to realize when you hire someone new to do a job, when you outsource, you're responsible for creating the conditions on how those people will work and for coaching them till they get it right. Because I have news for you. You're going to outsource a lot of things in your business and you know what? People aren't going to get it right the first time. They're just not. But if you take the time to really coach them through that and and help them see what doing, you know, what, you know, for instance, in the bookkeeping example, what does doing the books right look like and help them through that? Most likely, if they're competent, they're going to get it right. They're going to figure it out. They're going to get it right. But the problem is, is is we've become such poor delegators and we have such a lack of patience for really working with people to get it right and to work as a team that we don't take the time to do it. And so no one knows that skill. No one has the capability of doing that. So we just give up. We're like, oh, this doesn't work. Delegation sucks. I can't do this because they're not going to get it right and then I have to pay attention to it anyway. And why am I paying you to do this when you can't even do it right? But that's a faulty set of thinking. The, The right mindset is, look, this is a relationship. We're going to work till we get it right. Now, listen, if someone's screwing up after a a, a long period of time, you know, it's time to cut them loose at that point in time. But, uh, you know, if you're not taking the time to invest in that relationship, it's an investment of your time and energy, then don't expect great results. And a lot of times we expect great results from people when we're not coaching them and helping them do that. And this is especially true with employees. We expect great things from them, but we haven't made our, the own investment of our time and energy into helping them be better as an employee. And if you're not doing that, you're, you're sacrificing uh, their ability to do the best work for you. So think about that from a, from a, a coaching standpoint. So when you look at this, think about everything that you do in your business as you protecting your sole purpose. You're protecting your sole purpose and you're looking to expand your sole purpose. Being a rugged individualist does not allow you to expand your sole purpose and create value on the largest scale possible. Now, that looks different for a lot of different people. Some people want to just create value on a local scale. Some people want a national scale. Some people want to create value on an international scale. Someone, some people want to be New York Times bestseller. Some people want a, uh, an Inc. 500 company or a Fortune 500 company. Well, that's great. All those things are attainable, but you still need a team to help you leverage your sole purpose so that you can do the things that you do best. And if you're spending time, precious time that you can't get back, time is finite, doing things that you don't do best, but that you just can do because you need to do it, then you're you're limiting your sole purpose. You're, you're putting your sole purpose on crutches and and wondering why it's not getting very far. So ask yourself this question. Are there things, what are your top five activities? What are those things that you need to get rid of and delegate? What are those things that you need to, uh, what are those things that you do best? Have you identified what are your top five activities? I asked this in a podcast two or three weeks ago. What are those things that you do best? What are those things, what are they? Do you know what they are yet? If you know what they are, are you are you doing as much as you can to insulate those activities from outside distractions and things that don't matter and create value? So if you're being a rugged individualist, recognize that. If some of those things, if some of these things that I'm saying today resonate with you at all, think about how you can fix that 
so that you can build trust on your team, so that you can coach them for performance, so that you can ascertain is money really the issue or is it something else and start letting go go of some of the control. And the funny thing is, is when we do this, we realize that, you know what, there are other people who can do some of the things that I've been doing way better than I can. But you're not going to find that out unless you give it a try and you trust people in doing that. So you've got a big vision. You've got a big mission to serve in the world. That's why you became a business owner. Now ask yourself, are you building the right sole purpose team around that so that you can create the most value possible with your sole purpose? So I want to thank everyone for listening to this week's podcast. I enjoyed bringing it to you. Go out this week, create the most value possible, maximize your sole purpose, and we will look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you, and we'll talk again soon.